It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dan, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight. With Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, yes. I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. You know, I got to tell you, it, it, it's it, what makes a really good wine a good wine is time. Letting it letting it mature and, and letting it become that fine Merlot, right? And so it, sometimes when you eat that Wagyu steak, you, you're eating it, you're like, this thing is fantastic. But it isn't until after, a day later, a couple days later, we go, man, that was excellent. That was the best steak I ever had in my life. And, and this is where I find myself with this Detroit Lions draft class. Look, I don't think this is like, uh, you know, mind-altering draft class stuff here. But I think what what Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, uh, and company at Allen Park did was just really sound, foundational building drafting. Bringing in Penny Sewell in the first round was kind of a no-brainer once he fell to you. But building within the trenches in the first couple of rounds, DT, DT. You go get a cornerback again in the third round. You, you help your uh, offense a little bit, going wide receiver in the fourth, then following up with another pick, back-to-back picks after you trade up for a linebacker. And then you finish out the seventh with a running back who, who you know, all of these guys are expected to be, you know, contributors at some point. So while I don't think that this is, uh, you know, some vintage uh, class, I think it's a really good foundational foundational building move. That's what I think happened over the last couple of days in Allen Park. And so while we you're starting to get ready here, you're going to get some off-season stuff going on, and, 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 and as we get raring to go here towards the end of the year and, and football season, um, I, I expect a lot of these guys to be in the mix at some point. And Nick, I know you like this class too. I mean, I, I it, look, I, I don't want to delve too far into this. We did this yesterday quite a bit with our friend Scott Bischoff. And if you want to re-listen uh, to yesterday's show, you want to get some inside knowledge on each of these guys that they picked, wjr.com forward slash sports wrap. You want to listen to the show on Spotify, it's there for you. Apple uh, Podcast, it's all there for you. Wherever you, wherever you get your podcast, it's available. Uh, you, just before we start heading into some other stuff today, Nick, what did you think uh, over the last couple of days uh, what came out of Allen Park? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I was, um, I, I like the draft. Um, they addressed both lines very well as they needed to do, to do, but I'll caution you. And a lot of people wrote about this this weekend. It's great. But these guys need to get better and start producing. Sure. Bob Quinn's first draft, Taylor Decker, mm-hmm. Ashawn Robinson, Graham Glasgow, Miles Killebrew, Joe Dahl. It sounds pretty similar to Brad Holmes's first draft. Absolutely. And they got to, these guys have to pan out and they have to sign their second contracts. So far, Taylor Decker signed to a second contract and Joe Dahl signed like a two year extension kind of midway through. Miles Killebrew, Gone. Graham Glasgow, gone. Ashawn Robinson, gone. 
But you know, the, the difference is in that whole situation, like the cupboard, like this feels like we got, no, there's, there's nobody here. Like th- this isn't like a very complete team. Feels like we're really far away from winning anything. And so at that point, when, 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 uh, when that whole regime came in, it didn't feel like that was the case. It felt like that this team was, look, and, and you talk about Caldwell and all the deficiencies that he had, but he was a good coach and held that team together. Um, I, I don't feel that they were in a spot that we are in now. Feels a lot more empty here now. And I think that when when you see a, a, a draft like this in particular, you see the moves that have been made to, to, to deal Stafford. I only question I, to me, it seems that this organization has finally said, okay, we got to, we got to do, we got to start this thing over. Like, and this is a, this is a full on rebuild. And so again, you, you want to get uh, inside information on what you can expect from, from Panay Sewell. You just listen to yesterday's show. We broke everybody down. Uh, we had the, the breaking news at the seventh round pick. Uh, so it's all there for you. So head on over and check that out. A couple other things that we got to do today, though. And we're going to talk about the Tigers. And, uh, I mean, yikes. We'll we'll talk about them coming up with our friend Jason Beck at 632, 618. We'll talk to Dave Perquette over at the Free Press. Uh, Again, we'll we'll just get some kind of finishing thoughts. We'll wrap a bow on the uh, 2021 draft as it pertains to your Detroit Lions. And then even more so, so many other things are happening uh, all across the country. We got... The, the Valspar going on and, and just wrapping up. Nick, I know you got a bunch of stuff to cover, so let's get to that. Yeah, so the Tigers fall to the Yankees 2 nothing today, get swept out of town. They've now lost five straight and 10 of their last 11. Jose Urania went seven innings, allowing just two runs while striking out seven. His fourth straight start going seven innings. Detroit had just two hits against Corey Kluber. They will now head to Boston to start a three-game series on Tuesday with the Red Sox. Uh, Red Wings, yeah, Red Wings lost to the Lightning 2-1 in their home finale. They have just two games left on the season, Friday and Saturday, on the road against Columbus. Pistons have a day off today, and they will host the Magic tomorrow at Little Caesars Arena. The Michigan Wolverines picked up Coastal Carolina transfer Devontae Jones. The point guard was the Sun Belt Player of the Year last year. Sam Burns wins the Valspar Championship by three strokes, his first PGA Tour victory. The 24-year-old shared the lead with Keegan Bradley coming into today. Bradley finished second. Scott Dixon won the Genesis 300 at the Grand Prix of Texas yesterday. Race two in Texas at the XPEL 375 is underway right now. And so is, get this, in the NASCAR Cup Series at the Kansas Speedway, the Bushy McBush race 400 is underway. And uh, five laps to go. Kyle Busch, ironically, is No, stop it. I'm not lying. Wow. And that is some some perfect reporting there yeah. from Nick Roddy. Hey, l- let me just say this. Um, uh, t- to my friends down in Ann Arbor uh, that occupy Schembechler Hall, um, I-, I don't know who this guy is, this coach. Uh, coach Ryan Osborne. Coach Oz, a defensive assistant. Apparently, he handles outside linebackers in the defensive line for the Michigan Wolverines. 
Um, I we covered this yesterday as well. Uh, the Michigan State Spartans, for the first time in 80 years, did not have a player drafted in the NFL draft, which breaks an 80-year streak. 80 years. And they only trailed Michigan and, and USC. So that streak was broken. So Coach Oz, in all of his bearded glory, if you head on over his tw- to his Twitter account, you'll be able to see him. Uh, Coach Ryan Osborne uh, shared a screenshot of a story. It says NFL draft Michigan state goes without drafted player for the first time in 80 years. And he says, hate to see it. Dot, dot, dot. Hashtag go blue. The only problem with that coach Oz uh, is you lost <laughs> to that team that didn't have a player drafted. I just, my guess is coach Oz is new to this uh, U of M MSU deal. Just, just a guess. Uh, so uh, if you don't think that uh, that's going to be used as bold and more material, uh, you're out of your mind. All right. Lots to come here on sports wrap this evening. We've got Dave Burkett coming up some I really what a great piece in the free uh, talking to Brad Holmes, talking about the process that went into uh, what would have been, what will be, you know, this 2021 draft class. We'll talk to Dave Burkett coming up at 618. Don't go anywhere. Chris Renwick, Nick Roddy with you on sports wrap on WJR. WJR's Sports Rep. Sports Rep. Give us a call. And tomorrow we'll be at uh, Grand Blanc, Warwick Hills, for the Pro-Am. And the state of Michigan has gone absolutely bananas over Tiger Mania. Now back to more Sports Rap. 1,000 people today at 7 a.m. to watch Tiger Woods at a practice round. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. I haven't seen this many guys thrown out of anywhere since Dime Beer Night at the local tavern. Here's Chris. All right, we're going to put a bow on the uh, draft class uh, coming out of Allen Park 2021 NFL draft over. And the Lions uh, have completed their haul, and it was all headlined by offensive lineman Panay Sewell. And to help us break it all down, Dave Burkett over at the Free Press uh, joins us this evening. Dave, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking some time. Uh, look, I just, I, I think it was obvious taking Panay Sewell when they fell to them at seven. Um, I thought it, they, judging by their reaction, they were pretty pumped up about it. Uh, outside of Sewell, and certainly feel free to share your thoughts on him, but outside of him, what'd you think of this class? Oh, I liked it. I, I thought Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, I thought they did a good job. Um, you know, I thought it was important that they sort of, seemed like they had a plan and they, they stuck to their plan of the type of guys they want. You know, I've, I've said this many times, you know, you can, you can win in the NFL many different ways. And, uh, you know, as long as you're, you're building for, for that plan, uh, you know, I, I, I think you can, you can be successful. And I thought for the most part, they maximized the value of the players. I was a big fan of Amon Ross St. Brown, the fourth round pick too. So, uh, Panay Sewell to get the best offensive lineman in the draft to, to get a couple other guys that should contribute as rookies. It's a good start. A lot of work still left to do, but a good start. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think one of the questions that were that was going into this draft, obviously with Brad Holmes never actually being a general manager, um, but being kind of the head of scouting here for the Rams in the past was, 
it's it's fair enough you know you, you go out and do the hard work and the heavy lifting and evaluating the talent then taking it to Les Snead and saying here you go run the draft but never having to actually run a, a, an actual draft board himself I, I thought the Lions were uh, it seemed to me at least they were attentive throughout they made the moves when they thought they did specifically in the fourth round going back to back after trading it uh, up to uh, to, yeah. to go back to back picks uh, I thought the the draft actually went it felt really smooth from a Lions perspective no I, I think you're right about that you know I, I was fortunate to you know spend a little time uh, with Brad before the draft and talking to him a little bit you know Thursday night or really early Friday morning and you know, it's, it's pretty fascinating to hear some of the, the options, I guess, you know, that, that, that he had. And, and I think most teams have, you know, but when you think about uh, you're sitting on the, there at number seven and Bengals are on the clock at five and you call kind of figuring out if you need to trade up to get your guy and they take someone else and then you make another phone call at six and should we go up again? And it's just sort of that, that cat and mouse game, I guess, a little bit of, of whether, you know, and when to, to go up. And then you're right, I think. Um, to me, to go up and get a linebacker in round four, a guy that will play for you this fall, you know, that's a good move. Uh, it costs you a lot, you know, fourth round pick next year and what should be a deeper draft. But, you know, the Lions had a huge need at that position and they weren't going to get him by staying there at number five. One of the things that, that I loved about your piece, and if, if, if you listening haven't read it, head on over to the Free Press and, and check it out. It's a, it's a fantastic piece in, from the time that you were able to spend with Brad Holmes. But he, he talked about feeding the beast. What was going to be this team's yeah. beast? Because in L.A., their beast was their defensive line. You talk about Robert Quinn in 2011, then follow up the next year with Michael Brockers, who's now a Lion. Uh, but then you go out and get Aaron Donald. You go out and bring in Indomitian Sue and Dante Fowler. I mean, those were that was that was a, a huge piece of that team's identity, specifically on defense. So for for this organization and this administration, it was about finding what group was going to be their beast. And it seems to me they finally settled on the offensive line. <laughs> right, and and maybe I like that because you know that's sort of how I believe. You know, it ties in with that. You know what I said earlier that you can win lots of different ways in the NFL, right? If you have a great passing game, if you have a great running game, if you have a great defense, a great secondary, whatever it is, I just I believe that it's it's about great players um, in great position groups. And this is not a guarantee that the Lions will have a great offensive line, but you know you got Taylor Decker, who's a pretty good left tackle, and you got Frank Ragnow, who's a Pro Bowl center, and now you get the, the best offensive lineman in the draft, and the guy is. 20 years old and Panay Sewell who has you know incredible upside when you talk to scouts uh you know I think they they do have the makings of a potentially very good offensive line and now it's on the the coaching staff to to make sure that thing comes together I think one of the other if you're a skeptical Lions fan which I think a lot of Lions fans are at this point uh you hear about a really nice draft or you hear about uh, the, the folks that are coming in that are, that are, you know, well-versed in scouting players across the board. So we've kind of seen that before, but it does feel a little bit different with this regime in, in Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. Um, what have you learned about their working relationship and, and how involved was, you know, either Dan Campbell or, or Chris Spielman uh, involved in this draft and, and, you know, kind of figuring out their, their game plan here. Oh, I think, yeah, they were all involved. I mean, it's it's obviously Brad's call, you know, on the picks at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, the one thing that just in talking to people about him really since he's been hired, 
and, and one of his old bosses the other day for another story I did earlier this week, you know, they said that's what he is. You know, he's a collaborator, you know, a consensus builder. And so he's going to make the call, but, you know, he's, he's going to want some of the, that information from his scouts, from his coaches, their, their sort of input. And um, look, uh, you know, I know a lot of people have worried about, you know, Chris Spielman's role and, you know, how that might play out over the next couple of years and, and, you know, count me in that group. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the more chefs, I guess, that are in the kitchen, the more potential, you know, trouble there is when it, when it comes to, you know, putting the, the right ingredients together. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, by all accounts, you know, Brad is, is comfortable with this relationship and certainly he used Chris on the road a little bit during this pre-draft process too. Uh, they do not go and, and draft a quarterback in this draft. Uh, Jared Goff is going to be their horse who they're going to ride for at least the next couple of years, it seems. What does this mean for him? Uh, and uh, I, I guess more specifically, uh, I got to be, I can imagine he's pretty excited with the addition of, of a guy like Sewell. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, uh, I, I'm funny you mentioned that because I, I wrote about that for tomorrow a little bit. It's, you know, the. Um, the Lions certainly, they, they considered quarterbacks. I mean, it, it would be wrong to say they didn't, you know, so that, that, op, that option will be on the table again in 2022, you know, I mean, but Jared Goff has an opportunity here to um, maybe win the starting job, right. To, to prove himself to be the guy in Detroit. And, you know, the fact that he doesn't have to look over his shoulder at a young quarterback, a guy that they draft specifically to take his job. And now he's playing behind a pretty good offensive line. You know, maybe that that allows him or affords him more of an opportunity to 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 you know prove himself to be the long term answer. So you know we'll see. Uh, you know we'll I don't know that next year's class right now is considered the strongest quarterback class, but there's a lot of time for those guys to shake themselves out. And you know if the Lions are picking high in the draft, it's certainly going to be a discussion point again. How, how do you think this team? Is, and this is a, a very loaded question, but going into next season as we stand now. I still don't think this team is going to be very good, but with that being said, um, I got to imagine they're going to, it's going to feel a little more competitive. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm sort of with you in that, you know, I don't expect them to, you know, win 12 games and complete compete for a Super Bowl or make the playoffs or anything like that next year. Um, but, you know, I think the reality is, is that they had a lot of work that needed to be done. New coach, new GM, new quarterback. You know, that's you're really at the baseline, right? Blank canvas to build it how you want. And I like the direction it's pointed. You know, we'll see how that how all these moves pan out. But um, I do think they're you know, I, I don't see them as a two and 15 team either next year. You know, I think Jared Goff is the type of quarterback that wouldn't you know allow that to happen. So um, I think there I think there will be some growing pains next season. But. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe there's a, a little room for for upside there, upside surprise there. If if you're if you're playing the Vegas odds, no doubt. All right, good stuff, Dave Burkett. Always appreciate your time. Thank you, my friend. Yep, you got it. We'll talk to you again. All right, talk to you soon. There he is, Dave Burkett, over at the Detroit Free Press, Lions beat writer, uh, all around good guy, Dave Burkett. All right, coming up next, the Tigers continue to tiger. We'll talk about them coming up with our friend JB, Jason Beck over at MLB.com. That's coming up next on Sports Wrap. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Let's take it now to the podium and Lions owner Bill Ford. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Right now, Wayne Fonts and his staff are 
no longer the coaches of the Detroit Lions. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, welcome back. Do, do we have the breaking news sounder? Can we hit that? Do we? Can, can we hit the breaking news sounder? Go ahead, hit it. All right, Nick. Who won the Bushy McBush four thousand? Whatever. It is. Kyle Bush <laughs> won the Bushy McBush four hundred. Oh God! You think it's rigged? It's got to be. It has to be. <laughs> I will. I will buy no other explanation. So, what's the trophy look like at the Bushy McBush? Probably a Bush Light. That Kyle Bush won. It's oh. got to be a giant Bush Light. It's got to just be like a giant can of Bush Light. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Breaking news. Kyle Bush wins the Bushy McBusherson 400 in wherever that... Where is that at, Nick? What, what fine city is the Bushy McBush uh, at? Kansas. Kansas City. Oh, Kansas. Okay, great. There you go. Bushy McBush 400 winner, Kyle Bush. Uh, all right. I, I Look, I uh, at least we can laugh at that because there's uh, everything else uh, down at uh, Comerica Park stinks. Swept by the Yankees, swept by the White Sox, swept by KC. I mean, my goodness. It, it, it doesn't look good for the Tigers. A- and helping us break it all down, Jason Beck, MLB.com. JB, what's going on? Not much. How are you? I, I wish I uh, was celebrating a, a Tigers victory at some point uh, here in 2021, but they are few and far between. What's going on with this team? Well, they're pitching well enough to win games generally. <laughs> you know, they they have the uh, the stinkers every so often, but right now, you know, they've got uh, Jose Urania looks like a, a frontline pitcher again for the first time since his uh, prime days with the Marlins and. Matthew Boyd had gotten things going well this season before he got injured. And, you know, Casey Mai shows starts and stops. Turnbull has had, you know, his stuff looks good, although he has to work better to uh, pitch deeper in the games. But they can't hit. I mean, and and they're not hitting at a level where every day it comes back to that. And it just seems like a broken record. Uh, what's AJ Hinch's response been to this? Obviously, he's a guy that's going to uh, try to look look forward and and not spend a whole lot of time dwelling in the background. But uh, for for a manager who's really widely considered as one of the the best and brightest in the game, um, I got to imagine it's a frustrating thing for for him and his staff uh, where where these guys just aren't performing at the plate. Like you, you talked about the pitching is 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 okay. It's serviceable. You talked about defensively, they're not even really a defensive liability as a team. But it, at the plate they continue to struggle. What's been his response to this? Well, I mean, you can sense the frustration. You know, he he's he's trying to keep up a positive attitude and and trying to uh express some hope there and you know, the coaches keep working at it, but you, you you don't have to dig far to find that that frustration and that sense that man oh man you know what did not what did I get myself into because he he knew this was probably going to be a long year in terms of you know where the Tigers were developmentally and that you were you were going to have some frustrations there. The problem is that you know the the swings and misses the strikeout rate is just. It's hard to do much with that right now because, you know, if you're putting the ball in play, even in this era where you see more of those 3-2 outcomes, strikeout, walk, homer, even in 
this day and age, what the Tigers are doing in terms of strikeout rates, it's, it's not sustainable because you have to be able to move runners along to some degree. You have to be able to get sacrifice flies. You have to be able to test defenses to the points where, you know, opponents are having to put out alignments and lineups that, you know, can can catch and field the ball. And right now it's just there there's too many percentages of their outs that are on strikeouts. And it's just hampering a lot of what I think AJ and most any manager would want to try to do to try to ignite an offense. You, I mean, you can't hit and run when you're having this type of swing and miss rate. And, and that's usually a go-to move for a lot of managers to try to get guys to focus on, on to putting you, the ball in play. But it's, yeah, not, you, it's you, not there. Yeah, you look at guys like Jacoby Jones, 140. Akil Badu is bottomed out at 203. Nico Goodrum at 203. Uh uh, and Jamer Candelario's, in terms of batting average, leads the way at 278. But you're talking about, you know, damn near 300 strikeouts this year from this team. Um, it, it, there just really isn't a whole lot of offensive output. So you you look at the the, the streak that they're on now, being swept in in three consecutive series, it, that kind of paints the picture for you. They're just not making contact. Well, they they did win a game in Chicago, so they were able to avoid a sweep there. Um, you know, they lost two out of three. They they won the the Tuesday game before the uh, the rain on Wednesday. Oh, you're but, right. My bad. You're right. Oh yeah, no, no 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 problem. But it's still it's you know it's a series loss, and you know the, today finished off their third series sweep on the road. Um, you know they were swept in uh, Cleveland and Oakland. You know before you know before this road trip. Um, you know, and obviously they, they suffered the sweep at the hands of the Royals at home. So, you know, it, it's it's rough. And it, it's the losses are compiling, and it's not going to get any easier because, you know, they go to Boston after the off day here, and the Red Sox are a team off to a, a good start. And they're a team that's, you know, while it's not the uh, most intimidating pitching staff, it's good enough to get these guys out at this rate. They're they're going to have to focus on being able to stay within the strike zone and not chase as much, and at least test some of these defense. And it's it's difficult. And I, you get the sense right now that with the Triple A season start, with the minor season general starting up, but especially Triple A Toledo, they start Tuesday. That you know, once you start seeing some of these minor leaguers get some games under under their belts, you could start seeing some changes here if this continues. Because yeah. you know, it's right now Victor Reyes looks looks lost at the plate and he's not the only one. You know, Jacoby Jones is scuffling in a part time role. Uh you know, Nomar Mazar is gonna be coming off the uh injured list, you know, probably next weekend. You know, mm-hmm. you could you could envision one of those guys being sent out, but that's just a start. You know, you've got Willie Castro now, where you wonder if the offensive struggles and, and defensive struggles are are playing off each other, sure. and if he's kind of in a, a spiral right now. And Jonathan Scope just does not look like the hitter he was last year, and I think that's been one of the biggest frustrations of all is that 
you were hoping that by bringing Scope back, you can stabilize this offense by bringing back a guy who knows the club, knows the clubhouse, and knows how to hit at Comerica Park. Sure. And he just has not been able to do that. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the other uh, uh, the, the other things that are lingering out there is is Al Avila's performance, job, whatever. Um, you know, it's it's easy to to you know start the uh, the teardown process of a team, but it's the building up that that people are you know really talking about whether or not that this guy is is the is the man for the job. Um, what's your uh, indication or, or sense uh, on on Al Avila and and kind of his uh, uh, you know I guess position within the organization at this point? I mean, I think he's still relatively stable. You know what what they're going through right now is generally with with a lot of stopgap type signings offensively. Um, I think if you were look, if you were looking at this and looking at say top prospects really struggling or, or guys, you know, if we were looking at Chris and Stewart again, uh, you know, being up here and doing this or guys who are being counted on to be long-term foundations, I think, you know, this would be a different conversation, Mm -hmm. but that said, part of the reason you're looking at a lot of these stop gaps is that, you know, they have not been able to develop young hitting. And that has been, you know, a, a, well-deserved criticism of the organization. Um, now you've got Riley Green and Spencer Trollkelson on the way, and you hope to get some guys in beyond there. But uh, you know, right now it's just it is a slog, and it's you know, if it continues, I think then you start to to wonder. But but right now, I I, I don't get any sense that uh, you know I don't see what what that type of change would do because you would still be stuck in a situation where you would be going through short-term solutions again and you would still be pondering the situation with Miguel Cabrera and you know what you do there and that's really that's the trickiest situation of all because of that contract and because of the milestones he's near yeah, no doubt. Uh, good stuff. Jason Beck over at MLB.com. Always appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. All right. Yeah, you got it. All right. There he is. Jason Beck, Tigers beat over at MLB.com. All right. More to come uh, on Sports Wrap. What, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Is his time in Green Bay dwindling? And we got some interesting, a couple other interesting storylines from the draft we'll get to coming up next. Sports Wrap continues here on WJR. Back a more sports wrap presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, hit the breaking news sounder again. We got more of an update on the Bushy McBusher uh, NASCAR race down in Kentucky. Where is it at? Kansas. Uh, uh, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Kansas Speedway. Right. So, uh, so the Bushy McBusherson is a wacky name. How did this? How did this happen? How did so, we get a Bushy McBushers in NASCAR? Bush race? Beer acquired the naming rights to this race last year, and if fans donated a minimum of one dollar to the nonprofit Farm Rescue, which helps local farmers, the company would match the donation, and you can also submit a name that you would like to submit for this race. And the final four were the Bushy McBush 400, 
for the farmers 400 the nectar of the cobs 400 and the bush latte 400 <laughs> so of course your bushy know. mcbush won yeah okay well that's a, that's good that's at least they did it for a good cause they know it's silly but they still did it and i appreciate that um a couple moments from the draft that I just absolutely loved. Uh, one actually was was centered around a local guy out of Ann Arbor, Michigan defensive lineman Quiddy Pay. Uh, when he got drafted by the Colts, twenty one overall, uh, he was talking to Maria Taylor live on ESPN, and he actually retired his mother. Care of your mom. What does it change? for the prospect for your life and your family's life? Oh, for my family, uh, she's done working. She's retired. (laughs) It's like she ain't going in on Monday, so whatever. Uh, So that was cool. And then the other one I really liked, again, out of the Big Ten, uh, big defensive lineman Jason Owe out of Penn State talked about taking his draft call from the Baltimore Ravens at number 30. Thought it was uh, it was a phony call. It's happening. And then uh, my family was uh, was a little loud in uh, you know, the background, so I couldn't even hear it. I couldn't even hear the call, and it hung up. So I thought it was a spam call. I was going to be really disappointed <laughs> if I waited that long and it was a spam call. So um, I was like, guys, shut up, shut up. And then they called back. And then, uh, you know, the moment happened, and, you know. Hello, Jason. We are calling about your car's extended service warranty. Like in the middle of the draft. It's terrific. Uh, and another guy who follows this thing very closely, the head on sp- of Spin on Golf, our good friend, Sean Belegian. Uh, what'd you think about it? Just a great a couple nights, I thought. It really was. It, and it was great for this franchise. You know, Chris, for the first time, in our lives, and I'm serious when I say this, do you know what this franchise is saying without saying it? We aren't good. We need to rebuild. Yes. I love every second of it. I really do. And, and you know, I'm, I'm often fond of saying I, um, our, our mutual pal, Nick Roddy, has probably heard me say this 50,000 times in life. I don't know about that. That's <laughs> I'm very fine. You know what? If you listen to what, a general manager or coach are saying, usually you'll get the answer you're looking for. Right. And, and these guys, what they have said and what they drafted fit like a puzzle piece. I, you know what? They, they want dudes with dudes and they went out and, and they got some bad men and they're laying the brick and the mortar for a new foundation. Hey, I'm not going to write any checks. I'm not, but you know what? Again, I challenge anybody for the first time in our lives, you're not having a general manager or a coach, Stand in front of you and say, guys, we're this close. We're this, we're really this close. And, you know, un- unfortunately, we certainly heard that from the last regime far too many times. And uh, I love what they did, Chris. You know what? It wasn't It wasn't sexy. It was big sexy. And, and I, I enjoyed that. I said earlier, it's like, you know, you have, uh, you, you have a, uh, you know, you're a big grill guy. So you get a Wagyu steak, right? And you, oh, you, you cook top. it up, you make it. Uh, you eat, you're like, this thing is fantastic. But it isn't until like a couple days later where you're eating, you know, a burger. You're like, 
damn, I really wish I had that wag. That thing was unbelievable. That's how I felt about this draft. Loved it at the time. And then as a couple of days in Gabbana, I, I love this thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and you know what? It, it's going to be a process. Think about how much draft capital that they have moving forward. And, and, and that's something to think about. And it's, it's interesting because one thing I, I've heard a bunch of times in the, in the past, oh, I don't know, 24 hours is who's Jared Goff going to throw the ball to? Shh, don't tell anybody, okay? Promise not to tell anybody. They're not going to win a lot of games this year. They're looking ahead. They're playing chess right now, and I think yeah. it's it's awesome. I love it. Uh, another question, Nick, I'll get you in on this as well. Um, you got uh, all of these reports flying around. Then Mike Tirico talks with Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, off camera at, uh, at the Kentucky Derby, and he never really – uh, discounted anything that's been out in the media now about their uh, the 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 feud between he and the organization and management. Um, but I, I guess my question to you is 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 Aaron Rodgers going to be a Green Bay Packer at the start of the 2021 season? It's a great question. I would do everything I can to hold on to Aaron Rodgers if I were the Green Bay Packers. I I, I don't know if that's an option right now. Look, I mean, this is residuals from last year's draft. I mean. Not even a year ago now where, you know, it, it probably would have been in their best interest to make a courtesy call to Aaron and say, Aaron, you're still our guy, but we want you to know we're drafting Jordan Love. And this is going to be an Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre type of situation. That didn't happen. It's interesting. Mark Schlereth the other night was saying that it, that it, it you know, allegedly it was very close that the Denver Broncos and the Green Bay Packers were close to a deal. And obviously we know that didn't come to fruition, but uh, Chris, I don't know how you fix something like this. I really don't. I, I don't know how you fix something like this. Boy, could that change the fortunes of this division. Mm. My goodness gracious. Take a look at the quarterbacks in this division, and all of a sudden that's uh, that's a, a different story here in the NFC North. You, you certainly don't want to be the, 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 the GM that runs Aaron Rodgers out of town, but you also don't want to be the GM that, run Aaron, that runs Aaron Rodgers out of town and gets nothing for him. Yeah. So you you got to toe the line of making sure you get what he's worth or letting him sit out and basically rot away his career which would wouldn't be good for anybody. That that uh, alleged uh, San Francisco deal would be pretty hard to turn down. Now we don't know for sure what was yeah. offered. It was it was being alleged, but under the circumstances it would be pretty hard to 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 turn something like that down. No doubt. I know you guys got a lot of stuff coming up. Jordan Young, Mike Fay, BC, Brian Cairns. What's up, fellas? Not a whole lot. Another day of 80-degree weather in Michigan. Just no doubt. life. Uh, well, how about how about Keegan Bradley putting it in the drink at, down at the Valspar? How about it? Mm. We call that STB. You can figure out what STB means. <laughs> Point to bed. STB? <laughs> <laughs> that was early though that was on like wasn't it like 12 or 13 he kind of came off yeah. it a little bit yeah yeah i want to talk he, about all gyrations before uh before his, his shots oh he's like a cat trying to sneak up on the ball i don't know what he's doing he's it's gotten he's worse but he's been guy. playing well he's been playing well lately though Yep, yep, yep. And we got Mike Weir and John Daly kind of tied out there for the prosperity. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. uh, John Daly looks really healthy and really young these days. That's all I can <laughs> say. Santa. Come on. Wow. Santa. <laughs> what do you guys got coming up tonight? 
We got another hour of BC being BC. That that's Love reason it. enough to turn Love in. It. Tune in show. seven to eight. It just, we're gonna we're gonna one day we're gonna do BC unplugged, and that's gonna be the greatest <laughs> hour ever. Really? HBO special. <laughs> no, yeah. I think it has to be showtime. No, we're talking DGC. You know, uh, there's so many cool things leading up to the DGC. Of course, Mike and, and BC are out there. Uh, Jordan's World Tour continues. You can mm-hmm. uh, get World Tour, tour uh, T-shirts uh, by going to spin on golf. Uh, we'll, we'll have them out real soon. But He's like uh, in Amsterdam or something, I see. Look at him. Where are you at, Jordan? He's Tell he's everybody where you're at. I'm out in Vegas again for Oxford uh, Pro-Ams, and this will be the last one. Five times in the last calendar year, it's getting uh, it's getting me in my second office. Wow. Yep, yep. Somebody's got to do it, man. Somebody's got to do it. Sorry. That's what he says as he's out at the cabana drinking uh, uh, I'm not margaritas. at the cabana. <laughs> I have not had any drinks today, by the way. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't Early go anywhere. Spin on golf coming your way next. That'll do it for us. We'll be back with you Saturday. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful rest of the weekend. And stay tuned. Spin on golf coming up next here on WJR.